Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. You're listening to Outside the Box with Ben Kamenos here on WHPY. Outside the Box is brought to you by Hooper Law Office, providing a pathway to your legacy. So 15 minutes ago, I thought I had a brilliant business adventure or venture idea here. My balloon's been popped, and I did mean that pun. I was texting back and forth with Craig. Uh, he says uh, a guy uh, that he works with owns a hot air balloon, and he helped him set up and take one down one time. He basically said he has no idea where he's going to land and looks up landowners on his phone as he's in the air and asks them if if he can land on their property. I uh, I absolutely I love it. I love it. You're calling with experience. See, I was just spitballing here. I'm like the idea guy, right? I need people like you to keep me in check. This is how I don't make bad business investments, right? All of a sudden, I come back tomorrow. I'm like, guys, you know what? I committed. I bought 10 hot air balloons. I'm going to put them in different parts of the Fox Cities and create my own airborne Uber. Now I'm not going to do that. I might have done it, though, had, had you guys not been listening. So I appreciate your input here. You guys are keeping me grounded, literally. All right. Um, We got a ton of stuff that we're going to get to today. But this first one is absolutely mind-blowing to me. This kind of reminds me it's some classic outside-the-box kind of stuff because I really try to stay on top of all of the breaking stories going on around the area, specifically the ones that don't get the coverage that I think they deserve. Like, honestly, if you go back before last Friday with this Monaco Brewing Company thing, go try and find news coverage of it prior to him being on my show on Friday. You're not going to find it. Now it's everywhere. But you weren't going to find it before last Friday. This is the type of show that I try to do for you guys. This is another example of this from a national perspective. And honest to God, it highlights why there is a populist movement in this country right now. Whether you're looking at Trump supporters, Bernie supporters, Cornell West supporters, RFK Jr. supporters, the reason why people like this are able to get such high percentages of of votes, even though some of them, I would argue, really don't have any uh, business being in the political realm, is because people are getting fed up with this blatantly and flagrantly broken system in favor of the very, very elite few. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. So Johnson & Johnson reached an $8.9 billion agreement to compensate tens of thousands of people diagnosed with cancer as a result of using their uh, talcum-based products. All right? If you, yourself, find yourself in this situation, you may want to look into seeing if you can jump on board with this lawsuit. There's a number of people coming out of the woodwork saying, I'm 30 years old, I'm under 40 years old. Me and my brother both use these products all the time as children, and we both have our our cancer survivors right now. Is there a chance that that's just unfortunate odds? Of course. 
I'm willing to bet that's not the case, though. So with that in mind, $8.9 billion. The agreement still requires approval from a bankruptcy court. And this is the highest profile case of this happening. So what is happening exactly is a company that made over $18 billion in profits just in 2022 are now claiming bankruptcy as a result of an $8.9 billion lawsuit settlement. Are you starting to see what's happening here? This is called, there's actually a term for it. It was called a Texas two-step. It's literally a thing that exists. It's called a Texas two-step. And it was only invented in 2017 by the Georgia, the company Georgia Pacific. It was owned by one of the Koch brothers because the other Koch brothers, I think it was actually owned by both of them. One of them passed away. If you don't know the Koch brothers, Koch brothers are essentially the Republican George Soros's. Like when you hear Republican people being like that George Soros backed candidate and you're like, oh, what a crazy person. No, George Soros definitely has his hands in a lot of the pots going on around here. A lot of the corruption you see politically from the Democratic side. Koch brothers are that, but on the Republican side. So they owned this uh, company here, Georgia Pacific. And um, and and with that, uh, they pioneered this process. So essentially what happens is the company, Georgia Pacific, faced thousands of lawsuits, uh, and after they were found to have downplayed their own cancer dangers from their building products, they also faced a large payout. So what did they do? They placed, they, they basically were able to break their company up into two companies, placed all of the liabilities in a second company, and then declared bankruptcy a few years later, or a few months later. So how does that work? So in essence, the regular company, the original company, was able to continue business as usual. But then on the other side of the equation, these guys were able to put all of their liability into one shell corporation that wasn't generating any revenue as it was, have that one declare bankruptcy because you could show that there wasn't a whole lot of income coming in compared to the money that they were going to have to pay out, and they got away with it. And since then, Georgia Pacific is still a company, and they have delivered $3 billion in dividend payments over the course of the last four years. And in case you're wondering, $3 billion is three times the amount of money they were supposed to pay out, but were able to get out of it as a result of this garbage bankruptcy loophole. So now, fast forward to 2022, 2023, and Johnson & Johnson is trying to pull the exact same garbage. No media coverage, no talk about what's going on, no talk about the fact that tens of thousands of Americans suffering with cancer and medical bills right now in a country that absolutely will let you go bankrupt as a result of your medical fees. These people are being left stranded and Johnson & Johnson, who received billions of dollars in subsidies as a result of the COVID vaccine, who has received billions of dollars in subsidies over the course of the last 15 years to develop any of their new products, are now finding a way to get around paying out these people. And here's the thing, guys. We're talking about tens of thousands of people right now. That number is going to continue to grow as more and more people become aware of what is happening with this company. They cannot be allowed to do this. This is why people are getting fed up with the system. This is why Joe Biden can do a couple of half measures, but there's a number of young Democrats that say this is not nearly enough at this stage of the game. We see what's broken. We see what needs to be fixed. And you guys aren't even talking about this. You guys have no interest in even trying to nip this in the bud. So in January of 2023, 
this court, this case was thrown out on its butt. It was thrown right out of, of bankruptcy. They effectively said, you at least have to pretend like you are in financial distress, pointing out that this new entity wasn't insolvent and had access to $61.5 billion from J&J. So in other words, they're being sued for the $18.8 billion that would still leave them with over $40 billion left over, and they're trying to find ways around it here. This is the issue. You do not get to make all of the profits and then use some technical jargon, rich white guy loophole to get out of what is going on here. And that is exactly what they are trying to do. None of us would have the capacity to do this. If you did your job and you were found to be guilty of some type of malfeasance, some type of malpractice, you're not getting out of it. You're done. These guys are going to pull themselves out of it and continue to do work to continue putting people in danger. They still to this day claim that there is no... You ready for this? Okay. So what I'm operating off of right now is a, is a more perfect union article, but I did was able to find a couple of articles. I told you I found a Forbes article, a Business Insider article, and a Reuters article about the actual bankruptcy filings, not so much the fact that we're going to be leaving tens of thousands of cancer-ridden Amer Americans out on the street as a result of, of what these rulings might be. But so as of today, Johnson & Johnson still claims that their talc products don't contain asbestos. This is a quote from the vice president of litigation. Our talc products do not contain asbestos. Our talc products do not cause cancer. That is up to this day. They are claiming that. Internal memos and reports that were published in the Reuters article that I have showed that management was aware that its flagship baby powder had tested positive for small amounts of asbestos since the 1950s. It is literally on the record. They have known about this for 70 years, and yet they are pretending like they don't even know about it today. They're pretending like they're getting ready to sue the doctors who are claiming that, the, that this talc product caused cancer. Look, guys, this is the type of broken system we are talking about. Johnson & Johnson has been getting away with this for decades. This is a very recent development. The dam only broke in 2018. They were ordered to pay, to get to the $18.8 they were ordered to pay $4.7 to 22 women after it found that their products caused ovarian cancer. The damages were eventually reduced to $2.1 on appeal, though. Um which is about $100 million per person in that case, I might add. Uh, Johnson Johnson believes it could face up to 100,000 claims in the future. The proposed $8.9 billion would be the cap of the company's liability. And the absolute icing on the cake of this story. This appeal went all the way up to the Supreme Court, who, to be fair, um, they declined to even hear the issue, which I'm kind of surprised about. Brett Kavanaugh recused himself from that case. Why did he recuse himself, you ask? Because his father lobbied against putting warning labels on talcum-based products about cancer. What the hell is going on here, guys? It's such a flagrant abuse of what is going on, sliding right under the radar. Ben says it's because Johnson & Johnson sponsors the media. I find it hard to disagree with you, Ben. I find it very difficult to disagree with you, given how flagrant this is. And the fact that they have a name for it, the Texas Two-Step, obviously created in Texas because, of course it was. Of course someone in Texas tried this method. But the fact remains, 
This is not how bankruptcy is supposed to work. This is how people get away. This is how when you hear people talk about Trump paying zero dollars in taxes, however many years ago that was, it wasn't illegal. It's just morally wrong. The loopholes are there. He's using the loopholes the way the wealthy intended them to be used. So he's not breaking any rules. It's just a flagrant abuse of what is supposed to be happening. It's remarkable that A, this even exists within our system, and B, that the alleged left-leaning media in CNN and MSNBC have not made this their full focal point. Oh, wait, we had to talk about what Donald Trump had for lunch yesterday. How would we find time to talk about this, too? Honest to goodness, this is the type of story, when I saw this and the further down the rabbit hole I went, it almost feels fake. But the fact remains, it is real. This could. How many of you, I used talcum products. How many of you use talcum products in your life? I guarantee you the overwhelming majority of you have at some point in your life. Now, there's no guarantees. It's not like if you use it twice, you're going to get it. All right, they actually say it's at a very rare instance where it actually happens, but the link is undeniable. Have any of you seen any coverage about this yet? Do you know anything about this at all? Do you know someone directly impacted by this? Settlers Best Credit Union talk and text lines are wide open. 920-281-1150, 920-281-1150. I'm interested in your thoughts on this story because, again, to me, this is such a flagrant abuse of power and a, and a dereliction of duty from the people in government who are supposed to prevent this kind of stuff. Capitalism is fine. Unregulated capitalism is garbage. Socializing losses is garbage. This type of bankruptcy is garbage. Cut this stuff out of the equation and let's start operating like a real country again. I was going to go to break, but we have one call coming through, so we'll get you on here and then we'll go to break after that. Hello, you're on Outside the Box. Hi, yeah. I'm Keith, and I know my mom's neighbor right across the hallway from her in, uh, well, older than 50s home. <laughs> yeah. Died of uh, ovarian cancer, and that's what the talcum powder causes, ovarian cancer. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, that's one of the cancers. I might've, yep, the cancer I had might have even been because it was just behind the nose. And if you're inhaling it as a baby when you're upside down getting your diaper, diaper changed. Sure. Hey. There sure. it is. Have you, looked in into, have you looked into any type of litigation, or have you kind of stayed out of it? Well, I ended up falling bankruptcy. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's so frustrating. I'm, so, I'm sorry to hear like that. Two, three years after putting it on credit cards, the credit card company said, just file bankruptcy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Then somebody stepped in that works for a, a, a neurosurgeon and... Uh, paid off the rest of it, and the hospital wrote off the last half of what I owed them. Well, I mean, at least that has somewhat of a good story, but you shouldn't be dependent on that kind of stuff, right? It should, it, that shouldn't be the way it works. I'm sorry you had to go through that. How are you? How are you? Are you in remission right now? You feeling all right? I, yeah, I'm. Well, it's it was a benign tumor. Okay, it's just on the pituitary gland, and so your pituitary gland works overtime before you get rid of that tumor that's on it. Because mm-hmm. it acts like the pituitary gland. Wow. Now, I don't think I have a pituitary gland. Enough said? 
Yeah, wow. I appreciate you sharing this story with us. I think it puts a human face on exactly what's going on. Your situation is that you're not alone. Like I said, we're looking at over 100,000 people probably that are going through the exact same thing. So I appreciate you sharing the story. Yeah, it, it's, it, even before it happened to that lady, we knew about it. But Well, that's what the internal files say. It. They say since the 1950s, Johnson & Johnson's known about it, and they're sitting there claiming that they, it doesn't exist today. Meanwhile, they've known about it for twice as long as I've been alive. It's it's remarkable. I was shocked when I first heard it. I thought it was always cornstarch. Yeah. <laughs> baby powder. Yeah. Uh, who knows they mix asbestos in with it. Yeah, right. Honest to goodness. But, hey, I appreciate the call, Pete. Thank you for your, yeah, the information. Thanks. Yeah, take it easy. That's just it. That That isn't how it's supposed to work, guys. And I realize that you could be like, well, life's not fair, yada, yada, yada. The only reason it isn't is because we're not making it. If we had people that actually took this seriously, then it, we could receive the fair outcomes that we've been looking for here. Craig uh, from West Virginia sent me a 60 Minutes article from 20 years ago. Right on. But why aren't we getting any coverage about this bankruptcy to try and get out of it now? Like, now we have a court ruling. We have the fact that these people are being held accountable for it, and they're using these garbage rules that have been set up by a system. I always say, who set up all of the tax rules? The people who set up the tax rules were the wealthiest people in America at the time. So, of course, they set them up in ways that they would be able to take advantage of them. That's always going to be the case. And I am not upset. Who here hasn't pulled some type of shenanigans when it comes to filing their taxes? Of course, people use stuff to write off parts of their of their uh, wages or what they've earned in random spots where it's like, ah, you know, that's a bit touch and go, but I think I can probably swing that. Of course we all have. But that doesn't mean you do, you flagrantly just break the system like this. There's fudging the rules, and then there's what you're seeing companies like this do. And this is not sustainable. We got to get to break. We'll be back on the other side. This is Outside the Box with Ben Kaminos here on WHBY. I've been talking about it all day, guys. Jonathan is still going to be at uh, EAA Broadcasting Live with the help of Fleet Farm today and tomorrow. So if you haven't stopped by, be sure to stop by and say hello. I'll tell you what, that tent has air conditioning. So if nothing else, gives you a reason to get out of the sun a little bit there. You know, I was reading up on the uh, stuff that Craig had sent me through uh, the text line here. And... um, I don't know why I'm surprised by this, but on top of all the Johnson & Johnson stuff we're talking about, he sent me an article from 1992. It says, uh, Johnson & Johnson's memo suggests investigating major opportunities to increase sales of talcum powder products to African-American and Hispanic women in the same year prior to that article. Increased risk of ovarian cancer found in women who use sanitary napkins to apply talcum powder uh, to different parts of their body there. So... I say all of this to say I don't know why I'm surprised about the minority angle of this, but I I was surprised by it. But nevertheless, we can't keep letting companies like this get away with it. And the only way we're going to be able to bring more attention to it is if if the media does their job in highlighting this, which then in turn forces the government to turn around and do their job. Case in point, 
We on Friday had uh, Kirk Bankstad. He is the owner of uh, Minocqua Brewing Company on this program. We had him lay out his case for what's going on uh, up in the uh, Oneida County area. Essentially, long story short, if you didn't hear it, we had a pretty lengthy conversation. It's available on the WHBY app or WHBY.com. So be sure to download that app. I have all my interviews very clearly labeled. It was only a couple days ago, so it should be towards the top. But I'm just going to paraphrase what he was saying that day. But essentially, through his lens, he believes that he is being politically targeted because of the way he thinks, because of the way of the way he leans politically, which he is a unabashed Democrat. Uh, I don't know if it's a progressive or a Democrat. I really don't know the guy that well outside of the conversation that we had. But he very much uh, is not in sync with, I think, the general political attitude of the area. That is not a grounds to close down a bar. Now, there's claims about his unclosed dumpster and cer certain zoning permits. And if he is, in fact, in flagrant violation of these things, they do need to change. His contention is that you can drive for 10 minutes in any direction and find other establishments engaging in the same practices that are not being targeted the way he is. We had him on the program on Friday. When we did, if you typed Minocqua Brewing Company into Google and clicked the news link, the only thing that came up was the article that I wrote about our conversation. As of yesterday, there's about five or six different local media companies that have now jumped on this story as well. As a result of that, they had their meeting yesterday, and I did watch parts of it. I, it's been a very busy past couple of days. I know, Mary, you had texted me the link to go check it out. I missed it live, but I tried to catch as much of it as I could uh, after the fact with the time that I had. And... It ended up, it was very strange to me because you're watching the video and all of a sudden the video just stops. And I thought I found that to be very strange. It turns out that the entire meeting, they essentially just stopped the meeting in the middle of it without coming to a decision. Now, to be clear, this was not a meeting to determine whether or not he could get the zoning permits he was looking for or anything like that. This was a meeting to see if the government was going to step in and close his business down which is just remarkable to me because these are the same people that would talk to you about unchecked capitalism and the fact that the free market will determine what businesses should survive and not championing the idea that the government was going to step in and close this business down, which we can get into the hypocrisy of that story another time. It's not the point of what I'm trying to bring up here. What I'm trying to say is they ended up bailing on that meeting mid-meeting, the zoning commission that is. Now, I don't have any proof of this. All we're going to do is speculate, but you guys know I'm the best at that. So uh, it's just like when we talk about COVID vaccines or global warming. Do I have all of the scientific facts one way or the other? Of course not, because nobody does. All I have is my own eyeballs and my own life experiences and my own intuition based on the evidence presented to me. I then uh, infer what I think is going on. We all do the same thing. Or at least we should be. When new evidence gets proposed, you need to examine that evidence, compare it against what you already thought, and then adjust what you think accordingly. So this guy, Kirk Bankstead, is sitting there at this at this committee meeting, and he is laying out his case uh, from top to bottom as to what he's been going through. And you hear a couple of different times the people say, hey, stay on topic about this thing, that thing, or the other thing. Kirk's response would always be, I'm, I'm getting there, but you need to understand this part of it to understand this part of it. So I'm just kind of laying out the entire situation. 
It eventually got to the point where the zoning commission deemed that he was not sticking to the parts of the story that they wanted him to stick to, which is a strange way to go about it, and they end up stopping the meeting right there. Now, from a positive perspective, that means the business was not closed, and I think he has in early August an, a separate meeting to talk about the different zoning requirements that he needs to meet, looking for parking passes and things like that. I am a firm believer if the media did not cover that story, his bar is closed down today. I genuinely believe that. There have been uh, accounts from people in the area that say they have never seen the kind of media attention the last three or four days that they have seen in their area for a small business in Oneida County, Wisconsin. That is what the media is supposed to do. That is why I got into this for. Before you guys even knew me, I was doing segments about the fact back home that our Democratic governor was telling all of the businesses to close during COVID, but the people that he knew personally were able to keep their businesses open and collect on 100% of all the business going on in Pennsylvania. That was actually happening, and I called him out about that too, because I do not care about political ideology. I care about bullies, and I care about people taking advantage of the power Power that they have thinking that it will go unaccounted for and for the record I said this yesterday I said it on Friday as well I reached out to the zoning uh, the zoning board to come on my program I reached out to the chair and the board as a whole nobody took me up on my offer offer still exists today if you want to explain why all of this is happening I am all ears people want to know if you saw how many people made comments about it on Facebook and Twitter and on our uh, webpage there you would know People want to know about this. But the fact remains, there is next to no coverage about it. And realistically, the only reason I found out about it is because of you guys. You guys sending me a story. How many media personalities do you know that you send stories to and you know they're not even looking at their emails or text messages? I genuinely read everything you guys send to me. I can't get it all on the show. It's just physically impossible. It's a one-guy operation. But the fact remains, these are the type of stories that media is supposed to focus on because the point, the whole reason media exists is to hold these entities accountable, not try to find ways to do business with them. That's why you're not going to see Pfizer or, or Johnson & Johnson having me endorse them at any point during my career. Because as soon as you hear the things I have to say about them, it's going to be pretty difficult to take my endorsement of them seriously anymore, right? It's the same thing on the local perspective as well. We got to be there for each other, guys, even if you disagree with each other politically. If you don't like the business, don't shop at the business and the business will close down. If other people do find the business to be enjoyable, it's going to stay open. That's just literally how capitalism works. I don't know how else to describe it. Trust me, I don't think it's a perfect system. I would change a ton of things about it. But the fact remains, it's the system we got that we have to operate in. And I'm happy that he's not being forced to close down. They're not out of the woods yet. I'm probably going to, in the next couple of weeks, reach out to both parties again to see if we can't get a follow-up on how that story's going to end. Looks like we, we are headed towards an end here, first week of August. But um, I just it, it really highlights to me just the importance of what media does. And when you see media coming on, when you see, remember that clip I played for you guys a couple weeks ago of Morning Joe, of uh, Joe Scarsborough and uh, Mika Brzezinski trying to find ways to make up for the fact that Joe Biden's old? Be like, no, it's actually all the people around him that need to be doing a better job because he is old, so they need to do better. Or, 
or hear me out on this. Maybe he shouldn't be president. Maybe like any of the other Democrats that hold the exact same platform that he has maybe should be running for president. It's not the job of the media to make excuses for why things happen. Fox News is the obvious example. Plenty of you guys know, oh yeah, Fox News, all this fake stuff. They all do it. They all do it. It's just not as flagrant. And a lot of times it is through omission that they do their jobs this way, not so much through flagrant endorsement, similar to what Fox News kind of tries to do. It is through not even talking about the fact that Johnson Johnson is considering bankruptcy. Just from the logistics of it, think about it for a second. One of the three companies that, that built one of the world-saving vaccines, right? The vaccines that saved the world from the scourge of COVID, according to MSNBC or CNN, is now on the verge of declaring bankruptcy. You couldn't go an hour without hearing Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, and Pfizer between 2020 and 2022. And all of a sudden, this story, they can't seem to find the time during any of their hour-long programs to squeeze it in for a four-minute segment. Is that not suspicious to anybody else other than me? This is not why media was designed. When media acts this way, this is part of how the system becomes as broken as it is. Because while you have sides, now all of a sudden Mitch McConnell's too old to run for president or for, to, to run for office, according to CNN or MSNBC. And I'm sure a number of you listening would agree with that. But they don't say it about Dianne Feinstein. And we're going to be talking about that on the other side of the break. The comparisons between how old these guys are. And I'm going to be laying out some numbers there for you of exactly not just the age of these people, but how long they have been in Congress and why this is no way to run a country. There's a number of people making very important decisions that have not been a, a private citizen in a half a century. You tell me how they're supposed to be able to make the right decisions for the rest of us. Spoiler warning, they can't. And we're going to jump into that in just a couple minutes. This is Outside the Box with Ben Kaminos here on WHBY. Outside the Box with Ben Kaminos here on WHBY. Outside the Box is brought to you by Hooper Law Office, providing a pathway to your legacy. Back in the building, ladies and gentlemen, in the Myron Construction Studio. It feels so good to be back. It feels like I'm, I'm fully myself again. I have all of my materials in front of me. Despite that, you guys know I don't write a whole lot down for the, for the purposes of this program. I get all my thoughts together in my head, and I just kind of... Kind of roll with it from there. Sometimes things slip through the cracks. And during the entire Johnson & Johnson uh, conversation here about them trying to use bankruptcy court to get out of an $18.8 billion lawsuit for causing uh, several different types of cancer in, in tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people across the country here, um, there's a hedge fund that seeks to cut off a cut off $1 billion meant for opioid victims. This is according to the Wall Street Journal. Drug maker Malincroat uh, is talking to hedge funds about filing for bankruptcy and avoiding payments intended to help people addicted to opioids. It's happening everywhere, guys. This is a, this is a thing. It's called the Texas Two-Step. 
companies are taking advantage of it left and right anytime there someone tries to accidentally hold them accountable for their unchecked profits. It's like we let them charge whatever they want for stuff. We let them underpay people no matter what the industry is. And then when they finally get busted, whether it's banks allowing people to engage in in loans that the bank knew they had no intention of paying off and then the bubble burst in 2008, whether it's uh the uh, fill in the blanks here, whether it's an whether it's a, a railroad strike, the government will always step in and make sure these massive companies end up getting what they need while the rest of us are left to struggle. Just example after example after example after example. And I'm pro government. Like, that's what makes this job so hard is you see this stuff and you have to question like it's almost like we need to start from scratch and start over. And to that point. There's a lot of old people in Congress right now, guys. Old people can do wonderful things. I have said on this program a number of times, I'm not ageist. Someone with good ideas that's 140 years old, sign me up. Someone with bad ideas who's 35 years old, get them out of my face. But there are times, like when what we saw happen to Mitch McConnell yesterday, that you just have to stop and think, okay, this guy's probably seen uh, the end of his career here. And here's the kicker. It's not just the age, all right? Mitch McConnell, do you know what year Mitch McConnell entered Congress, became a full-time uh, politician? 1974. He's 81 years old now, so in essence, it's his entire life. 1974, he got in there. So you tell me. When he's voting against school loans, when he's voting against negotiating prices for Medicare, when he's doing all the things that he's doing, does he have any concept of what life is like for the average American having been in Congress since 1974? And we're not going to dogpile on Mitch McConnell here. We're going to be going down the line. You know what? Let's start there, and then I'll make my point. Chuck Grassley, 1959. Maxine Waters, 1976. Joe Biden, 1970. Nancy Pelosi, 1976. It's not that they're old. It's that they're old and they haven't lived real lives for more than half of their life. They've lived a life where they get every medical need they could ever possibly need covered by government insurance. They've lived a life where people will give them hundreds of thousands of dollars just to make sure you pass some favorable laws for their company. They do not need to worry about the stuff that you and I worry about. And this is who we have running our government. Now, I'm not going to play the clip for you here. I'm sure most of you have already seen it. It's all over the news right now. Realistically, in another era, it would have been over the news a lot more than it is right now. But there is a clip of, of McConnell essentially standing there, starting about four words into a sentence, and then just going completely silent. And before I give any more thoughts on that, I will say I... It's ironic that this is the case, but earlier this week, I just thought to myself, you know, I haven't seen Mitch McConnell in the news in a very long time. Like, there was a time, granted, that was when Republicans had uh, control of the Senate, but there was a time where it felt like you were seeing Mitch McConnell every day, right? It, it, he was like the bad guy. He was the guy the Democrats were supposed to aim all their vitriol towards. He was the face of uh, of the, the crazy Republicans, right? All of a sudden, you, you don't really see him anymore. Now, it could be because he's the minority leader, but I'll tell you what. Watching the video without sound the first time, like, I didn't know what was happening. I just saw it on a TV at a bar that I was at. He looked gaunt. He looked unwell just in the, in the video before even knowing what happened. 
I was sitting there, and I'm like, man, he looks thin, he looks frail, he does not look well. And then I actually caught it with the audio, and I'll tell you guys what. Uh, you're talking to a drama club kid. I've talked about that a number of times on this program, specifically with Haley. Big drama guy. When I was 16 years old, I was in Fiddler on the Roof. I forgot my lines one time. I was the constable. I was supposed to be the guy throwing all the Jewish people out of Anatevka. And I remember I jumped like six lines ahead in the script without realizing it. Like I said a line that fit where it was, but it wasn't the line I was supposed to say. And then I went back to the regular part in the script. And then I got to the line that I was supposed to say. And I was like, wait a minute. I already said this. And I remember freezing for like four seconds to try and find a way out of it. And then I ended up just improving dialogue to get out of the situation that I was in. But those four or five seconds felt like it was five hours. I remember the lead, the guy that was playing Tevya, was like looking at me like he like widened his eyes like, yeah, you messed up, bro. You better pull it back together. And I was sitting there like flailing internally. And then I ended up just kind of making up some dialogue, getting off stage, sweating bullets, the whole thing. I remember it like it was yesterday and it was 21 years ago. And I flashed back to that watching Mitch McConnell because it was about 20 seconds. But I'll tell you what, 20 seconds of dead air standing in front of a microphone is a bad, bad look. It, it was really hard to watch. And I'm no Mitch McConnell fan. I'll, I'll be perfectly frank with you guys. I don't like the policies he passes. I think he has absolutely trashed his home state. I think he has held back this country in a number of different ways. You name it. There's plenty of reasons for me to talk trash on Mitch McConnell. That made me sad. It made me sad to see the way that he looked yesterday. I'm going to be honest with you. And it's not right to put him in that position. I have a couple more thoughts on this, but the Settlers' best credit union lines are rolling. We'll see what we got here. Hello, you're on Outside the Box. Yeah, this is Rick. What's up, Rick? Hey, I just wanted to get your thoughts or your opinion on uh, how do we ever get term limits? Because I'm, I'm with you 100%, and I, I lean right. But, you know, 12 years seems to be enough for me. <laughs> yeah. For the reasons you described, you know, things change and fresh blood and... You don't have that, you know, feeding yourself kind of a deal. But is it a national referendum? Is it, you know, because obviously nobody, you know, not enough people are going to ever vote themselves out of a job. Right. Well, that's just it, Rick, right? Because you're never, they're never going to pass a law to vote themselves out of a job. And let's be real, most Americans, they want to hear about guns rights, abortions rights, inflation, crime, all justifiable reasons, but no one's going to vote based on the, hey, I'm going to be the guy that brings term limits platform. Like, Correct. So, so like Correct. that's the issue that we're running into here, is that everyone wants it, but if we're being realistic, it's probably fifth or sixth on the priority list for the average American. Yeah, at best. Yeah. It's, I, it's really sad, because I think that's the only thing that would really help correct uh, what we see. And that's unfortunate, because we do always need fresh ideas. We need, as you said, people who lived in a real world and, and are going to go back to a real world right exactly you're going to, have to live with the decisions you made and it's just it's flagrant on both sides and the same people who yeah. make excuses for joe biden are pointing out how awful mitch mcconnell looked and it's like do you guys have eyeballs yeah, i'm watching all of this happen right now yeah it works both ways and, and across all parties and so on and so forth and like i said how, how you do that job i look at it you know if you're a ceo nobody's a ceo for 40 years you know, they might right. be a CEO for 15 years or 20. They're burned out. They're, they've done their job. They've 
lifted heavy loads and hey, thank you very much. Goodbye. Even even football coaches, right? Mike Tomlin never oh, has a losing yeah. season. They say, get out of here. We need fresh ideas, even though you're doing fine. But we just need a new voice. Like that, it's just what happens <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's not saying hey, you didn't do a good job, or but you know what? It's time to time to go. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, no harm, no foul. But I was just curious if you, you know, like I said, I don't know politically or or uh, legally what we could ever do to, yeah. like I said, get term limits in. But you know, national referendum is the only thing that came to my mind. Yeah, maybe so. uh, maybe a strike of consciousness of conscious, but I doubt that's coming our way anytime soon. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I know, yeah. I know, a rebellion. Yeah, okay. right. All right, thanks, Rick. I appreciate the call. Yeah, yeah. Take it easy. You take care. Yep. Um, yeah, I, uh, that's exactly the issue. And he kind of like set me up for my next point there is that when's the last time you've heard anybody questioning whether or not Diane Feinstein can hang with it anymore? There was about a month or two ago. I was reporting to you guys that she, I'm pretty sure at this point it is known that she has cognitively declined and she is not stepping down. She's not, I, I believe she's not running, but this has been going on for a while. She physically cannot walk around without people guiding her. McConnell, you watch the same thing happen. After his 20 seconds of complete silence, like a gentleman walks up to him, not even sure who that was, if he's a guy in Congress or one of his handlers, and he basically says, did you have anything else you wanted to say or did you want to go back to your office? And like McConnell confusingly like just kind of shook his head up and down and said office and they walked out. The fact remains, he only got like five words into what he wanted to say. So there's absolutely no scenario where he actually said what he wanted to say. So who are you fooling here? It's happening everywhere, and it's terrifying. We have a couple minutes left. we got another call coming through here. Hello, you're on Outside the Box. Hey, uh, you, you wouldn't hire most of these people in Congress to do any job. They wouldn't be fit as a CEO or any kind of leader of a business. Uh, you wouldn't even have most of these, a lot of these people... These, these politicians, you wouldn't even have them drive a car. You wouldn't even let them right. drive a car. Oh, but they can be the leader of the free world, or they can be in Congress, or they can be our political leaders. But it's partially our fault, every right? Every single one of them. How do we keep voting these guys in? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's partially uh, well, our fault. <laughs> be, because we don't we don't have any other options. Yeah. Yeah, it just stinks. Because that's what they've, they've been there forever. And not to mention... Every single one of them, not only have they been there forever, they're all corrupt. All of them. Right. And they're, they're all corrupt. And, um, yeah, but they'll, get, but they'll get all high and mighty and self-righteous when it comes to bad orange man. Yeah, you're, you, the corruption thing, you just set me up for the next hour because that's what I'm going to jump into for the next hour. I appreciate the call, man. I got to roll, though. We're hitting the news here. But you're spot on with that. And that is where we're going to head from here. When we come back, a bipartisan piece of legislation was just passed that essentially is going to block some major, uh, in the eyes of the government, enemies of America from buying farmland in this country. We're talking China, Iran, a couple of others. I'll have the notes in front of me for whenever we get there. But while I agree to some extent that we should be blocking other countries from buying up our land because there's enough of us here that are homeless or don't own our homes, but... There's plenty of people within our country doing the exact same thing we're worried about China doing. Is that really any better? You'll see what I mean in just a couple minutes, though. This is Outside the Box with Ben Kaminos here on WHBY.
And we're back to Outside the Box with Ben Cominos here on WHBY. Outside the Box is brought to you by Hooper Law Office, providing a pathway to your legacy. Going a million miles an hour today, bouncing from story to story. There is somewhat of a through line today, though, which normally doesn't happen, which is a nice change of pace. Terry Kaborik was in here doing the news just a moment ago. He said, I have to apologize for that guy who's going on Facebook and talking about you like that. And I said, so what are you talking about? He said, some guy's often on our Facebook page talking a, talking a mess of crap. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I'm going to check it out during the commercial break. But uh, if you're listening, 9202811150, air your grievances. Let's see, let's see what you're upset about here, because I feel like I could probably back up everything I've said today pretty aggressively. So uh, 9202811150, if you want to get your thoughts out there. In a way that I will notice. All right, so uh, we have a couple of comments here. I got a message from Jane, which she and I go back and forth quite a bit, and I genuinely appreciate our conversations that we have because she's actually sent me a couple messages, and I haven't been able to respond because this week has been obscenely busy. Realistically, last week has too, and I'm trying to get back into the swing of responding to you guys as much as I can to this stuff, but sometimes just gets wrapped up in everything else going on. Spinning a lot of plates back here. If you ever watch my Facebook Lives, you see that happen. So... uh, she says you're discussing Mitch McConnell and the number of elderly people in our government. You haven't heard from Mitch McConnell in a while. He does weekly updates, but the media doesn't cover them. Exactly. The only reason you saw McConnell yesterday is because of the 20 seconds of freezing. Exactly. Exactly. He also had a fall with a concussion, so on and so forth. Yeah, that most certainly, allegedly, he has fallen two or three times just in 2023, which is an issue. People fall. I get that. But... You, 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 can't, you have to acknowledge the realities of the situation. And he comes out uh, a, t- about 10 minutes later making jokes, kind of doing the— he said Joe Biden called him to ask if he was okay, which right on. I mean, I'm not going to be like the rest of the media that congratulates people for basic human decency. Like, that's how life is supposed to work. Like, if someone at WHBY or any of the stations at Woodward uh, went to the hospital, I'd probably reach out and be like, hey, buddy, okay, because that's— how humans interact. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, what a good president he is for asking, even though they disagree about things like, please. But so Joe Biden reaches out, asks, how are, how are you feeling, man? You good? And he tell he tells the way McConnell tells the story. He says, yeah, I'm doing fine. He says, they sandbagged me, essentially making a reference to when Joe Biden tripped over a sandbag. Look, Joe Biden has his issues. I don't know that he is completely uh, there uh, meant cognitively right now. At the same time, there is a big, big difference between tripping over something on a stage and what Mitch McConnell did yesterday. You don't really see what Mitch McConnell did yesterday very often, especially in the public eye. So I get it. It's witty. I get it. He's making a comparison. Joe Biden's old too. But the, uh, what is that? Is that ad hoc? Is that, is that what that is where you're like, yeah, I'm doing this, but they do it too. The what aboutism that doesn't fly on this show. You both need to get the heck out of here, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Jane went on also to talk about John Fetterman, and the John Fetterman thing really is a difficult situation because you're talking to a guy that obviously uh, dealt with uh, John on a not a personal basis. It's not like he would know me if, if we crossed paths, but uh, I had set up interviews with him when he was a local, when he was the lieutenant governor. I set up interviews with him back in PA. Uh, he was the mayor of Braddock at one point. Like he bounced around. I most certainly uh, adhere to his political ideology. He and I are very much in lockstep as to what I believe the best path forward for this country is. He kind of shares a lot of those same beliefs. That being said, it is hard to watch 
the last year. People are pretending like, no, he's bouncing back. And for all I know, in a year, it'll be back to the old John Fetterman that I remember talking to. But at the end of the day, right now, there's very clearly an issue. I don't know how it impacts his ability to do his job. And again, as I said about the age thing, if all of his political ideology is in the same line of thinking as it was two years ago, and the only issue is he doesn't speak as well, fine. Fine. Do the things that'll crack down on the people like the Johnson and Johnson and other hedge funds that I've talked about last hour. Do that stuff. Vote for those kinds of things. And I really don't care about your capacity to speak publicly. I don't care about your charisma. I don't care about your age. I care that you actually do something that benefits the overwhelming majority of Americans. And as long as you're doing that, I don't care. But the people I am talking about don't. And that is what my issue is there. The people I'm talking about look out for themselves have been clinging to power for 50 years, and now when they cognitively cannot do the job anymore, they're still not going to relinquish the power. And I did make this point uh, last hour, but Craig popped on as well and said, we put themselves in the office, we are voting them in. If Americans uh, look at themselves in the mirror, so on and so forth, we are the reason they exist. And I've actually made this comparison before. I genuinely believe that's why we get so many sequels, remakes, and reboots in Hollywood. We go towards what we recognize, even if it's bad. Oh, the remaking Point Break? Yeah, that'll probably be good. No, it won't. They clearly didn't need to remake it. Why would anyone go see that movie? That's that's the attitude here. That's the Mitch McConnell. That's the Dianne Feinstein. That's the Nancy Pelosi. That's the Chuck Grassley. That is why we go around and around in circles with very little movement. He also says if we implement term limits, that'd be the end of America. You always escalate to the end of America. Paying Starbucks employees $17 an hour, end of America. Unions coming around, end of America. Tax wealthy people at a reasonable rate, end of America. Term limits, end of America. Or maybe, or maybe, this is what's been holding America back for the last 40 years. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, all right. So to shift gears here just a little bit, we got a little bit of bipartisanship on a bill that I on its face I do agree with it from a from an Americans should have access to land before other countries do in America standpoint. I don't think I'm making a bold taking a bold stance when I say something like that. 91 to 7 this was voted. So it's not like this was close. So it shows that when it comes to these type of activities we can still find a way to work together. So excuse me. In essence, it says US senators Approved a bipartisan amendment for the annual defense policy Tuesday night. So this is from uh, two days ago that would prohibit China, Iran, North Korea, and Russia from purchasing U.S. farmland and screen American investment in high-tech ventures on foreign soil. Now, on its face, I agree with both of these policies. Uh I honestly think it should go even further and ban all foreign investment. Let's get some Americans back in the game, but I'll explain why I can see the issues with that in just a moment. So they give the numbers here, and just for the sake of consistency, I do want to remind everyone that we covered the LIV uh, acquisition on this program, and I am of the attitude that billionaires in Saudi Arabia are no more or less ethical than billionaires in America. Like the idea that taking money to perform an LIV is somehow tantamount a, uh, to uh, 
an act of anti-American aggression, but taking money from Jerry Jones is about as American as it gets is not my argument. My argument is a billionaire is a billionaire is a billionaire. They all have acquired the wealth they have through exploitation of workforces, uh, literal slave labor, taking advantage of systems that were designed to be taken advantage of by the wealthy. There's no hardworking billionaire. That's not a real thing. So I don't care where the money's coming from when you see the same attitudes from all of these people. Case in point, there's 40 million acres in you in the U.S. of farmland owned by foreign entities right now. That's quite a bit of acres. I think there's like 900 million acres of farmland, though, in the entire country. So all things considered, it's not even 5%. So big number, but relative to the total, not, not that huge. For 40 million. How many of those acres are owned by China, you ask? 383,000. So it's less than 1% of all the foreign acreage, let alone of the overall acreage in this country. 383,000. Now, this is not my argument of like, so why don't we let them get a little bit more? No, I totally acknowledge China has no business owning land in this country. I think the the whole thing that spearheaded all this was they tried to build a, a wind plant or something like that, some type of sustainable energy. I don't know if it was wind or solar, but they were trying to build one like 20 miles away from a, from a base in Texas. And that brought up a bunch of red flags. They ended up shutting down that project, and then Spain proposed the same project, and we okayed it. So it wasn't, we weren't haggling over the principle of what was going on, we were haggling over the people that were trying to do it. And while I do get it, because right now we are at economic odds with China, uh, through the at least through the perception of the government here, I get why they made that decision. Here's where I'm building up to with that, though. 383000 for the entire country of China. Bill Gates owns 270,000 acres of farmland. He's snatching it up all over the country. Does that make you feel any more or less comfortable with that kind of concentration of land going to such a small entity? One person, literally one person with 270,000 acres worth of land. Is that not jarring to you? Is that not just as bad as what China does? Because here's how I look at it. You don't want to do business with China. You don't have to do business with China. That's the beauty of the free market. But I always laugh at this idea that we don't find ways when we feel like China is challenging us from an economic standpoint, we are not looking for ways to try and improve America. We're looking for ways to stymie China. Like if someone else figured out how to do business better than us, should we not be then trying to replicate what they're doing and build off what they did to get back in the first place, as opposed to just putting a bunch of rules in place that actually slows down the development of a lot of things? I don't know. That's just me. 920281 1150. 920281 1150. Uh, what, do we, what do we have here? Slave labor, uh, climate controlled kiosk, get a mall wearing your man bun port. Hey, Greg, slave labor. Elon Musk inherited his wealth from an emerald mine in South Africa run by child slaves, all right? You're, you're, you're conflating two things that I said there. There's people pouring coffee that deserve to be able to eat seven days a week. And there's children in South Africa mining emeralds so that Elon Musk can build another rocket that'll blow up 15 feet after it leaves the ground. Shouldn't be happening. There's no billionaire out there who acquired their, bill their billions through a reasonable means. Find me one, you won't. Actually, I take it back, J.K. Rowling, but she has her own personal issues. Anyway, 270,000 acres, one guy. 
China has about 100,000, a little over 100,000 more than that. Big issues. I get that. I don't like the idea of foreign entities owning our land. But at the same time, why are we cracking down on all of it? Why wouldn't we crack down on everything going on like this? Because there's no scenario. You think Bill Gates has good intentions, but China doesn't? Spoiler warning, he doesn't. He does not. There is no scenario where they have uh, they have that scenario. Vince McMahon, Ben, look up Vince McMahon, Ben. Look at the way he treats those wrestlers. Granted, they in 2023 they do well. They do well in 2023. But I'm pretty. I don't know if they unionized, but with a public eye on it, uh, the the stat the state of wrestling has changed. Do you remember Ben when I was a kid? Uh, SmackDown and Raw happened every week, and the wrestlers were on both of those shows. So every Monday and Thursday, all the wrestlers were wrestling all the time. And then eventually, like in the early 2000s, in like my early or mid-teens, they eventually did the the draft in WWE, where like some of them went to SmackDown and some of them went to Raw, and they only had to wrestle one day a week. They spun that as a storyline, like within the WWE world. But in the real world, it was because these guys were traveling all these different places, and other than the big-name people, they were barely making enough to live. And Vince McMahon's raking it in. He's not paying their health insurance. There were all these stories about Eddie Guerrero, uh, 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 Chris Benoit, there's a there's a number of them that I'm blanking on right now. I was a big wrestling guy back in the day. Vince McMahon is by no means a saint. There's worse people than him, but he most certainly exploited a system to get to where he is. There's actually, if you uh, find yourself with some time, Ben, John Oliver did like a 20-minute segment on the history of Vince McMahon, and it is absolutely jarring, the stuff that he was able to get away with, specifically in the 90s and 2000s that led to the empire that he has today. Not a good dude. Great product. Brilliant storyteller. Not a good dude, though. All right, guys. We're going to go to break here. We'll come back on the other side of it. You're listening to Outside the Box with Ben Kaminos here on WHBY. Hey guys, one last reminder here, where WHBY is still broadcasting live with Fleet Farm from EAA Air Venture in Oshkosh today and tomorrow still. Jonathan will be out there with your news now from 4 to 6 in the media tent. Go stop by, say hello. I had an absolute blast earlier in the week spending time with some really intelligent people. I uh, uh, Lots of NASA people making their way towards me, which, which especially put me in my heyday. I love that kind of stuff. I, I want to get into the alien stuff, but more so from a perspective of just like, why is this the story? Like, it just feels like a distraction, does it not? We're not going to get into it today. It doesn't seem like it because I have way too many more points I still need to make. I got to admit, I had a blast while I was out there these last couple of days, but there is something that feels natural about doing this in the Myron Construction Studio. We've been, I feel like we've been firing in all cylinders today. You're not going to get too many shows where you have an in-depth discussion about selling farmland overseas and then segue into a conversation about WWE wrestling over the course of the last 20 years. You're just not going to get that from many places on the radio. I'll just, I'm going to, I'm going to go there. You're not going to. Um, so we were just chatting here back and forth a little bit about um, what's going on with farmland going overseas. Government rolled 91 to 7 uh, in favor of preventing specifically these four countries from buying uh, land in our uh, country. Craig actually hopped on with 
saying essentially what I'm saying, saying from a different perspective is that he's like, well, people are selling it to people overseas, just like with the people voting people in that are too old or into the House of Representatives or the Senate. Again, you really have to look inward. It's just my contention that with the concentration of land and resources all falling into smaller and smaller number of people's hands, it's easier to skew these things, and that's when you need government to, to interject. Here's the deal. I say this all the time. Big business and the wealthiest among us are corrupt. That is the deal. That is how they got there. They use that corruption to, use, to, to play on people's greed in order to buy the media, the government, all of the entities around them to continue to further build their influence, their power, their wealth. If you remove the corruption element, the government works the way it's supposed to. You cannot remove the corruption element from big business. They're just going to do what they want to do. Case in point, uh, I want to do a conversation today about uh, inflation. I'm going to see if we can get there. I'm, I think we might be able to squeeze it into the second half of this segment. But so I told you guys yesterday, UPS came to an agreement with their union, an extra, what was it, two seventy-five an hour or something like that, eventually becoming $7.50 at the end of the five-year term. So by 2028, Whatever they're making now, it all goes up. They're also going to move 7,500 people that they have there from part-time to full-time. Because as we went over a couple weeks ago, it's something like 30% of their employees are full-time and then everyone else is part-time. And they kind of use that as a system to scare their full-timers into not asking for too much in an effort to try and, you know, hey, we got over half our workforce is ready to take your job if you don't want it. So it kind of creates this power imbalance. So by really 7,500 isn't going to put a huge dent in 340,000 people, but it's a step in the right direction. The employees seem absolutely thrilled with it. As I mentioned, even the CEO of UPS called it a win-win-win. The reason there's three wins is full-time, part-time, and management are all happy with the decisions that came out that day. Literally, we're talking about $2.75 an hour and putting air conditioning in cars. I really don't think it's that much of an ask here. So... There was a little bit of a bump up in UPS's stock, followed by like a seven-point drop. They went from like 189 to 181 or something to that effect. And uh, Jim Cramer, who is the worst specialist in any field possibly ever, but definitely in the stock market, if he endorses a stock, sell that stock. He's never right about these kind of things. He famously had people investing in mortgage companies just before 2008. This guy... I. He's like the, the you know, people talk about weathermen not needing to get the job right. He's like a baseball player. He's just got to be right a third of the time, and people think he's great. Wish I had his job. So he's of the belief that there's a certain reason why the stock dropped. And you're going to see how I tie this into the land thing in just one second here. So here's Jim Cramer talking about why he thinks there was a drop in UPS's stock price after the announcement of the union deal. Be an exaggeration. How about the way that UPS stock initially went up on that on that deal? Yes. And then people see that maybe the Teamsters got the best of it. Although it's a good thing for the U.S. economy that there is not going it, to it, be a UPS strike. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that was very important for the U.S. I do want to know whether Ford is going to talk about whether there's a more of an issue with with the UAW. Then Carol Tomei talked about the issue with, with Teamsters. Very important to watch that because because when you look at the way GM traded, it started going down when Mary Barra, the CEO, glossed over the union issue. That's a big mistake. 
Sean Fain reminds me of the 1930s UAW, which we don't want. Yeah, God forbid. We definitely don't want the 1930s UAW. So he essentially is telling you that, that UPS's stock price went down because part-time UPS uh, employees are going to be able to make a little bit more money and they get air conditioning in their cars. And as a result, people pulled money out. Here's my point. With so few people, with such an overwhelming amount of the money in this country, two or three people could pull money out of a stock and completely make it look like this is a trend across the entire country, when in reality, it was three people that are interested in making sure that unions don't get too full of themselves. You know what I mean? I have no proof of that. For all I know, hundreds of thousands of people all pulled 10 bucks out of the stock, out of UPS's stock price. I'm willing to bet that's probably not what happened. And I'm willing to bet that the concentrated few that get nervous when they see unions start to take effect, and God forbid, we got to make sure our employees can eat seven days a week and afford a one-bedroom apartment. God forbid. So when they start to see that some companies are actually starting to capitulate to those demands, so there's not a revolution or something, all of a sudden the stock price goes down. I've said this all the time about populist uh, economic policies. With such a concentration of wealth, someone could come in, jack the tax rate up on the wealthiest people. All these people could pull their money out of the stock market and make it look like the like the uh, the idea was bad. Realistically, we saw that happen in 2017. Do you guys remember Trump passed that tax cut? Uh, and the Republicans, they passed the tax cut for the rich because that's the only policy they've passed in the last seven years. And people were already like, oh, the CBO says that only uh, less than 20% of all the benefits are going to 90% of Americans. Meanwhile, 83% of all the benefits of this tax cut go to the high, the richest 10% of Americans. And in an effort to prove that wrong, Walmart went out of their way to really highlight the fact that they were giving every single employee at Walmart a $1,000 bonus for Christmas. And that was a big deal. The $1,000 bonus, which don't get me wrong, I'd take $1,000 right now. It, it wouldn't change my life. It'd be great. I'm sure it was super helpful for, to the people at Walmart. They get this $1,000 from Walmart and everyone's like see we told you it would trickle down and then nothing nothing after that Walmart didn't do the the bonus again you didn't see any other companies follow suit it was just one example it made news for like a week and everyone's like oh maybe we are overreacting to this and then they just hope that you forget about it unfortunately I'm rain man and I'm incapable of forgetting anything hello you're on outside the box I couldn't hold back any longer my head's ready to fall off my shoulders yeah let's get it here, I'll make it. Try to make it quick. Here's the here's the UPS situation. Here's what's going to happen. They, they're going to have no option but to raise the price of shipping packages. The the stockholders' dividend checks will stay the same. So now we are going. There are 330 million people in this country. So that means 329 million. 600,000 are going to pay more money because 300,000 people wanted more money when their only skill is to drive a vehicle. You're so That's close. their only skill they're bringing. There is no talent in walking up steps to set, set the package on the porch. There's no skill whatsoever. You've you got Google Maps on the dashboard. You don't even have to be able to read a map. It tells you where to make your turn. You're and there are going to be people making $50 an hour because their most fantastic skill is to drive a vehicle. You're Everybody you're else is going to pay the price. 300,000 people who wanted more money for doing nothing. You're so close, Craig. You're so close. We're going to get you there, though. People are going to be paying more for their UPS packages to get le- delivered, not because 340,000 people wanted to make sure they could get in an apartment and eat seven days a week. 
they're going to be paying more because seven people decided taking home $1.2 billion amongst them is not enough, and they want to go back that up to the $12 billion. Play. It does. That person pays the price to, to get the money, to buy the stock, to, to work 24 hours a day to make UPS even happen. And what's going to happen here is there's going to be kids sitting in class that when the teacher says your assignment's due Friday, they're going to say, screw it. Because all i got to be able to do is learn how to drive a truck, and I can make $49,000 a year in an air-conditioned vehicle, and I don't have skills, and I don't need skills. It's going to make America go the opposite direction. I would argue that being able to drive a truck is a more important skill than being able to be born into wealth and buy stocks. That would be my argument there. Let these... But we have no control over who's born into what wealth. Right, but we have control over making sure that the average American citizen is making enough doing a job to live. Craig, this is where we're never going to agree. If the drivers that you claim don't have skills that are equitable enough, which, by the way, the idea of the job the, the job skill equating to pay is a classist myth that I'm never going to buy into. It's something that we use to justify treating people like crap. Beyond that, if these drivers, these skillless drivers, don't show up, UPS does not make any money. If these stock that's people right. then, don't show up... That, that, that driver can go work for Amazon or FedEx or some other place. And make the same amount of money. Craig, I gotta go. They're gonna make the same amount of money there, which is not enough money to survive. People are not paying enough to survive. That's just the reality of the situation. Hello, you're on Outside the Box. Hey, Ben. Cynthia in Florida. What's happening, Cynthia? I have been telling people for years to go to vocational school because they can't offshore those jobs. These people have rights, and they are strong, and they need to keep advocating for <laughs> the positions they hold because they can't ship UPS offshore. Right. <laughs> when we all need our Amazon deliveries. I mean, for God's sake. I was waiting for Joe Biden to step in and force them to go back to work without getting any type I of concessions. <laughs> I was to too. God. I, but you know what? Enough of, enough of these people, These I call them Malthusians. And, and these, a lot of these people who are advocating these kinds of things, they, they do want to limit the population. And um, <laughs> when you were talking about the property, Bill Gates is one of the people that bought a lot of property. Yes, 270, and, 270 acres. Crackpot, yeah, he came up with this crackpot plan to determine how much the sun shines on a certain area. I was so, reading that article you sent me. He's like literally trying to put tint around the world. Like it's going to dim. It, it just seems like it's a fake idea, but it's it's real. I'm not implying it's not real. It's just I can't believe someone well, actually but, thinks that'll work. Well, but Operation Popeye was used in Vietnam when they seeded the clouds and caused the 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 uh, the uh, Drain, uh, rain, and 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 uh, monsoon. Uh-huh. You know, to stop the Khmer Rouge, but it creeps me out. If I live in Nellyville, he's going to determine I don't have any sun to grow my 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 uh, victory garden. Right, <laughs> right. Oh yeah, you tell know, me about people it. People are nuts. It, it's a terrifying reality. But cracking down on them will be the death of America. Apparently. Oh yeah, and we have AI, <laughs> so that's all been ignored too. And they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff with that. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, you're gonna get <laughs> me started. No I shouldn't be getting this heated at the end next of the week. show. <laughs> Bring it up next week. Well, yeah. I'll be back. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Take it easy, Cynthia. All right. Um, 
Yeah, guys, you know, I didn't even get a chance to get into inflation. I'm ha- they're, they're, You're never going to hear me say there's unskilled labor. There's greedy people who want more money for themselves, and there's the people who make them all of their money. And those are the two options that you have to be a part of. Stick together. Unions rock. It makes it a better place. We got to get rolling when we come back. Also, by the way, the 40-hour work week and weekends off, union inventions. All right, we come back. Haley's coming on with what she has coming up on her program. And if there's time, we'll finish the other side of this inflation conversation. However, doubt I'm going to be able to squeeze it all in. Probably going to have to roll it over into tomorrow. You're listening to Outside the Box with Ben Kaminos here on WHBY. And we're back to Outside the Box with Ben Kaminos here on WHBY. Outside the Box is brought to you by Hooper Law Office, providing a pathway to your legacy. Pretty great to be back, guys. This has been a really enjoyable experience. Had a blast at EAA, which just feels very comfortable back at the Myron Construction Studio. Absolutely uh, taking advantage of being back in my comfort zone here. We've got a little bit more time left here. We're going to take that time to chat with Haley Tenpass, but she has coming up on her program. What is going on, Haley? Good morning, Ben. Good morning, listeners. How are you? It's been a good day. It's warm outside. That's what I understand. I haven't felt it yet. Although I did wake up overheated, which should have been my first sign of what was coming on. You know what I mean? But uh, it's one of those days. Just be safe out there. Like we were saying, if you're going out, I was told there's like a ton of precautions you could be taking. Bring a wet rag. uh, Dress accordingly. Light colors. Just if you're going to make a day in the sun. Still doable. Just be smart about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aliens. Apparently they're real now. Did you see that? What an interesting hearing. Yeah, right? Right? It kind of feels like a distraction a little bit, but at the same time, uh, if it is true, that's the biggest news that's out there right now. We're just distracted by, you know, inflation but, and whatnot. But isn't a distraction, I mean, isn't that, wouldn't that be what the government would want for it to go under the radar? Right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Did you see the guy they asked him, uh, they asked him, like, was were there... I don't human know how, biological yes, or non-human yes, biological yes. matter. Right? And he essentially said non-human. Now, granted, that could have been like raccoons were flying it for all <laughs> we know. But uh, the fact remains, we just know it wasn't human. And what what does that even mean? That's a Marvel. That's a Marvel movie right there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, I, I'll never understand just how will we ever trust anything again? Like if the fact, if we knew this for 40 years, so are you telling us that we, maybe I kind of agree with this, but we, the American people wouldn't be able to handle the fact that aliens are out there. Or why is this only getting dropped on us now? You can't handle the truth. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I have no idea, Ben. I don't know where my belief is in this. Yeah. Somewhere. Oh, there's definitely in the, aliens in the, in the middle of sure, perhaps. And the, the, the universe goes lifetime. on forever. I mean, who knows? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I find it interesting. Isn't uh, a, the con- Congressman Grothman from Wisconsin part of this hearing today? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be interested to see what he says. And again, I, I, I try to keep my expectations tempered because I don't want to get sucked into it and ignore the stuff we normally talk about on this show. But again, what this could mean for the future of humanity would be absolutely ridiculous. And from a from a realistic note, as, as sad as it is, I've, I've said this since I was a teenager, if aliens ever did make their way onto this earth, I feel like racism would go away. Or it would just shift towards racism towards the alien, as opposed to amongst ourselves anymore, because we'd finally have something to unite all of humanity. It kind of feels like a nice message when you think it about it like that. It is an interesting thing that they're bringing, though, to this level of... Right. Everything. That was a real, that wasn't QAnon, right? This is the U.S. government Mm -hmm. talking to a guy about a spaceship 
and a non-human entity. Very wild. Super excited about all of it. Given it's EAA, it feels like it fits in with this conversation of the week. But uh, in any event, what do you uh, what do you have coming up here, Dad? I listened a little bit to your promo here, but I can't remember what it said. <laughs> all right. Well, it's our Social Security Hour in the first hour of the show. This always uh, getting lots of interaction from our listeners, and no question is too small. We love hearing from people who might have a curiosity to how to navigate the Social Security world. If you're approaching that magical age of 65, if you've got a question, it's your time to chime in on the text line you can call in I've already got some emails with questions so please join us today in our number one then our second hour is our focus on health with theta care we're going to talk about feet and ankle issues oh. today yeah that's what the that's what was 87 percent of people have some type of issue with their feet and or ankles yeah you're talking to a guy I have, I have arthritis from when I was 23 it absolutely when it kicks in I physically cannot walk and I'm oh. like it's only I I'm dreading being 60. I'm hoping modern medicine catches up to me by the time I get there because I know it's going to well, be an issue. this segment might be for you, Ben. That's what I'm saying. I love yeah. it. We got, we got a call in the middle of that, so I'm just going to take it. We're going to see what happens, all right? Hello, we're outside the box. Hello, Ben. That's Richard. Oh, he's calling. Hey, he's on. They didn't see not watch our Project Blue Book. Hey, dog. It was for a long time. Hi, Richard. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Jimmy. Yeah, I, I, I for a long time. Project never seen about Project Blue Book. Uh, oh, interesting. Uh, Project Blue Book. I'll have to give it a Google when I get off the air, Richard. I appreciate the call. I'm assuming that's something to do with the uh, extraterrestrial talk that we were just having there a little bit ago. Mm. Yeah, all right, well, I'll dive into it there. I've never seen E.T., by the way. What? Isn't that like the lamest thing you've ever heard? That's a strange one. I will I've say. Seen, I've never seen E.T. So I haven't seen it in my adulthood. Like I probably stopped watching it when I was like six or seven. And this might be not a popular take here. But I very much as a kid, I needed like an obvious conflict. Like I needed there to be very clear cut good guys and bad guys in a story for me to get it. If okay. there was any type of nuance at all, please know. Like Charlie Brown Christmas. All kids love it. I was like, ah, it's about a guy getting a tree. Like this isn't for me. I need someone to try and steal the tree. And then I need the kids to stop him from stealing the tree. And then, okay, I understand what we're getting here. I, I never understood that. E.T., I didn't buy the whole government, you know, like trying to, like all that. I, it didn't do it for me. And when he leaves at the end, spoiler alert, to go back home. Uh, well, thanks a lot, yeah, Ben. <laughs> I hated it. I hated that he left. I was like, why isn't he hanging out with Elliot? They were friends the whole movie. I couldn't grasp it. So, like, I had a very negative attitude towards E.T. as a kid. And I think it kind of carried over into my adulthood. I, re I haven't seen it in easy 25, 30 years. And at this point, I feel like. Yeah, no spoiler alert because the movie is yeah. clearly <laughs> right. yeah. it's out there. Yeah. I know what happens in the movie, so do I need to see it? I don't. Uh, I'll probably pass. There's some historical, but like, see, that's the benefit from what I understand of parenthood is that I, you can watch it through someone else's eyes, even though it technically is your first time too. And while you might not have that wonderment of like, oh my god, the bicycle's flying, you can see someone else have that thought process. <laughs> I am starting to introduce some. Movies from my childhood right. with my kids. Like what? We just watched The Parent Trap. Nice. I'm assuming Lindsay Lohan, Lindsay Parent Trap. Okay, Although yeah. Haley Mills, my girl, yeah. <laughs> spell her name the same. I love Haley Mills. Okay. Anyways, but yes, the Lindsay Lohan version. I saw that in the drive-in like when it came the out. The Parent Trap? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, quick drive-in. Yeah. Do you remember your first drive-in movie? Because I do. I probably do. It was Spirit. It was that horse movie by Disney. Uh, and it was actually at the drive-in theater 
in Door County. Oh yeah. And we were we were camping, and we happened to go to the drive-in theater up there, and Spirit was playing. I don't even know if I remember that one. I'm fairly certain. I don't know if it was my first one, but the first one I remember was Jurassic Park. I was six, and uh, that's. Oh, I loved it. And there's a scene where the little girl's crawling through the vents, and the raptor sticks its head through the thing, and like it's on her thing, and it picks her up in the air. I struggled with that a little bit. I was going to say I have I have a. Well, an almost six-year-old. We're just days away from the big six Ooh, birthday. There you go. I know that movie would not be right received. Yeah, it's well uh, in our home. it's an acquired taste for sure, especially <laughs> on the big screen with those cool little things there. I actually interviewed someone at EAA yesterday. I can't think of the name of it now, but they essentially make a makeshift drive-in at EAA every day yes. out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, the absolutely. Flying Theater. Yes, mm-hmm. there it is, Flying Theater. Absolutely mm-hmm. love that idea. Spoke with Hal. He and I probably could do a whole. Three hours. Oh, you and Hal Bryan chatted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> his ears must be ringing. But yeah, he's he's a great he's a great person. To he's talk fantastic. Like. And off the air, he and I were just going back and forth on. Did you know in this movie this was actually ad libbed? And like, it was just an absolutely great experience. So drive-ins are great. I don't remember how we got here anymore. Oh, aliens. aliens. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, that's that's a good note for us to end on. Thanks for coming on. Jinx. Yeah, yeah Jinx. Jinx. Yeah, I'll get yeah. you a coke later. Thanks. All right. Yeah. All right, guys, so we have a couple of minutes here uh, to dive into some things. I did want to highlight really quickly here. I don't even know if he's listening anymore or if he went to uh, to write some kind of angry blog about me somewhere. But Craig hopped on the text line and he said, uh, um, the Gen Z and millennials are going to ruin America. It's our actions that are causing inflation. Fun fact about that. So inflation is 3%. 3% in June, that was what inflation was at. The price of food, which again, what is it? I don't remember what the term is they use to to reference it, but it's essentially a uh, energy, like oil and gas, food, and a couple of other things are never included in the overall inflation report. I I, I don't understand the logic as to why, but they they exclude those out of the overall um, uh, count that they do there. Food prices in June went up four point three percent. So if food prices in June are up four point three percent and inflation is up 3%, guess what accounts for the 1.3%? Not millennials, not Gen Z, not unions. Corporate greed, ladies and gentlemen. Corporate greed for 200, as per usual, is what we are looking at here in the price of our food, driving up the inflation of food. Because again, the inflationary price is 3%. You can't not eat food because that's called starving. So you can't avoid paying the prices so you have to go and buy the inflated prices to be able to eat depending on the job you have seven days a week with that in mind when you see that the the, the price of inflation does not match the price the, the the cost of price increases you have to start to question when is that going to change we need someone else to step in because they're not going to do the right things. They're never going to do the right things. I've highlighted this a number of times on this program at this point. They tried to do this after World War II, and we had a government that had a spine. We had a government that got stuff done. And when they tried to engage in these practices in the 1940s and 50s, the government stamped that down with an absolutely overwhelming windfall tax. So do you want to make all these excess profits? Fine. You're only going to keep 5% of them on the other side of it. That's the reality of the situation. That 
is what has changed in America. It's not millennials. It's not Gen Z. It's that for the bulk of the people, if you were born in the 40s or 50s, you for half of your life had a functioning government that held the, held the wealthy to account and your memories of America reflect that reality. The last 40 years, 35 of which I've been around for, the government has not done that. They have been over for major corporations and the wealthy and we're not and, and America now is reflecting that. It's not because Gen Z is lazy. It's not because millennials are lazy. It's not because no one wants to work anymore. It's because we let the greed run rampant, and we don't have anyone that's willing to stand up for it. We will eventually, though. We'll have to dive into that again tomorrow. All right, guys. Download WHBY app powered by Christensen Heating and Air Conditioning. I got to go. We got one more day this week. We'll talk to you then.